Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want 20% discount on the best earplugs for exercise? Ultra earplugs go in your ears and stay in there. Go to ultraaudio.com, that's U-L-T-R-O, and use the discount code DOM20. That'll save you around $35. That's ultraaudio.com, U-L-T-R-O, and the discount code DOM20. Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's part two with Eric Murray. When you're in the village, there's no alcohol, uh, you don't really socialise. When you always hear those media stories about the fact that there's like 20,000 condoms given out in the Olympic village, and oh, it's a massive root fest. If there were massive orgies, I never got the invite. And Eric wanted me to remind you, he is still on Dancing with the Stars, which we do talk about in this episode, and you can vote for him on 3333. It just text the word Eric to 3333. And you can keep him on Dancing with the Stars in New Zealand. Thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it. Um, if you can, where you get your podcast from, if you like it, feel free to give it a five star rating. If you don't like it, five stars worth, then maybe don't rate it at all. Thanks very much. Okay, massive thanks to the sponsor of this week's episode, the new Huawei Watch GT Runner. I have always been a Garmin watch wearer myself. I don't know why. I think it's just because it's one of the first GPS running watches I got, and you sort of stick with what you know. But I got sent one of these a couple of months ago from the nice people at Huawei, and honestly, it's a game changer. If you're an experienced runner, or even just someone that is thinking about getting into running, I would suggest you look into it. Do the research yourself and consider getting a Huawei watch, the GT Runner. This thing's amazing. It's got a built-in coach, so you get data and suggestions on training intensity, training volume, recovery time, and heaps more information like that, all from a single run. And it's also got a thing called the Running Ability Index to help runners accurately assess your current running ability, how fast you should be going, how far you should be going, and what your heart rate should be. And then it compares your goals from run to run. It is such a smart watch. I mean, smart in the way it looks, but also smart in the information you'll get back from it. So it's great for entry-level runners or serious runners. The battery life is the best I've ever seen in a watch. If you're using it a lot for runs and things, the battery will last a week. But if you're just using it as a wristwatch, uh, the battery will last up to two weeks Two weeks, which is perfect if you're like me and you keep forgetting to charge your things. Uh, you can look at the Huawei Watch GT Runner at PB Tech, Noel Lemmings, and JB Hi-Fi. All right, let's get into the podcast. Hey, runners only, yeah, yeah, let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is Runners Only with Dom Harley. Uh, fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Uh, just want to connect for everyone who loves running. This is Runners Only, yeah, yeah let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is Runners Only with Dom Harley. Uh, fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Uh, just want to connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, Runners Only with Dom Harley. Runners only with Dom Harvey sitting in my dining room table with um, one of the greatest New Zealand sports people ever, Eric Murray. <laughs> ever? Shit, I know. I, it does baffle me that we won the bloody uh, Halberg of the decade. When you're when you're in the boat and you're like lining up for an Olympic final, are you are you are you, are you 
Are you shitting your pants or are you like, okay, we trust the training? Uh, okay, good question. Um, a lot of people ask that, and I talk to a lot of young kids and, and bits and pieces about it. That And if you're not nervous when you're about to do something that you've been working towards, it doesn't mean enough, right? You're nervous, you're like, how's this going to go? Because you're, you're totally anticipation, whatever. So even though that you're prepared, you're trained for something, if you're not nervous, that's all I've always said is that you don't doesn't mean enough. And everybody has nerves and and deals with nerves in different ways. So uh, building up to Olympic final, an hour and a half out, Hamish is in the corner, eye mask on, just laying down on his bag. Here I am with music and going, fuck, I'm amping. I'm like walking around going, here we go. Like, this is, <laughs> it's this game is, day. It's game day. I am, I am on, right? And you see it. You see it with different sports. You see, you know, you'll see... Rugby players like hitting their chest, you know, like, and then you'll see other guys head down and they're just like, you know, you know, like looking very nervous. And so that's that's the way that people deal with their nerves. So yeah, Olympic final, same thing. Sitting in the start blocks and you're like, oh man, that that's the worst feeling because it's about to happen. <laughs> you still got everything running through your head. Like, is it gonna what what's gonna go wrong? <laughs> Could something happen? Fuck, what if we break this? What if we do yeah, I that? Suppose, I suppose that's the thing. Like, cause you, if you're expected to, I don't know if this will make you more nervous or less nervous, but you know, the, the pressure, the expectation oh, yeah. where you, yep. you're supposed to win. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh. And, and the pressure and expectation that we put on ourselves far exceeded anything externally yeah. from anybody else. But we were always just making sure we were trying to go as fast as we can and do everything as good as we can. Like, was the Olympic final our best ever race? Nah. Like we should fuck the start up a little bit. We had a couple. We had a couple of bad strokes. You know, like what I mean. And, what an well, asshole! Yeah, but no, but no, but literally yeah, it is. Yeah. And and I I would struggle. I don't know. I reckon I'd struggle. I, it'd be a lovely question to ask a lot of Olympic champions. Go was your was your final like everything you imagined? Was it everything you worked towards? You know, like in in my head, it's like you know, like it it got. Not the first part of it, but as we went, progressed through it, at halfway I was like, we've won this. This is ours. It's ours to lose. Unreal. Because we were in front. We were in front by that far. I know I haven't overcooked myself, so I know that I can get to the finish line, and it's just a process from there, like keep going, keep going, keep going, boom, and we win. Um, But, of course, the first part is there's a little bit of people in front of us, shit, you know, like. Yeah, that panic, yeah. There's panic. There's, there's, There's all of that sort of stuff, so. Um, that that all becomes part of it, and and it was there from races at the Olympics to races at Carapero to races at any World Cup. Exactly the same feeling. I never ever once went into a thing just going, oh, hurry up and start because I just want to win this race and fucking be over with and go home. <laughs> but but that's what I mean is yeah. we never we never ever took anyone for granted. And I think we because we nearly lost one year in 2010. Every single race after that was like we're just going to make sure we. We go as hard as we can till we're very comfortably leading, and then we'll we'll consider just cruising from that point. But not cruising, but just staying where we're doing we enough are. to stay in the lead. Not yeah. having to yeah. go to that fifth gear, like right. having, not having to go to overdrive. We'll just stay in fifth gear and we'll just pump, 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 pump. But we're not going to have to dip into that extra gear. Yeah, that final because in overdrive you've got about thirty seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. You got that. Burning that match. You're, 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 the, the match is just about to touch your fingers, mm. and you're like, Fuck, go, 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 until it's out. We only ever had to go there once, and we were like, I don't want to go there again because that was like you were absolutely tapped out to the point where I we were like, when you were tying up, like literally going, 
fuck, I don't know if we've won this race and you're looking across and got to look up to the scoreboard because we only won by like a foot and you're like, oh, that's fuck, nothing. we got it. And you're like, holy <laughs> shit. You know, it'd be, you know, it was that close yeah. and you're like, I don't want that to ever happen again. Yeah. Nope. Wow. Not happening. Hey, I'll, I'm going to pause it here and go for a pee. I, we, we've drunk three beers. It's been like an hour 20, but there's, there's still more to discuss. But I, I normally drink wine, so. Oh, we'll have a wine then. Okay, the, beer, the beer's gone straight through me. So All right, sweet. Maybe while I'm gone for a pee, you can just talk about like how you celebrate afterwards. So you, you win an Olympic gold medal. Then okay. What, massive night. Okay, so we're going to tell some stories. Okay, <laughs> so this one time in London, we went to this club in Soho called The Box. Uh, anyone knows the box in Soho? Holy shit, that was a great night. So, to all the listeners out there, was it a massive night? Did we all get hammered? No. Uh, majority because when we live in the Olympic Village, it's a dry village. So, one of the things that Dom will love this one, and I think I might have talked to him about it before, um, when you're in the village, there's no alcohol, uh, you don't really socialise. So, for everyone listening, when you always hear those media stories about the fact that there's like... 20,000 condoms given out in the Olympic Village. And, oh, it's a massive root fest and everyone's, like, ganging up on everyone and, and having a great time. Um, if there was 10,000 condoms, I've only ever seen a couple, and if there were massive orgies, I never got the invite. So let's put that there. But, no, we, we, we celebrate well sort of after the team's finished. Um, when the team's all done... Um, and the rowing's all over. We normally have like a celebration thing afterwards. But in London, we won, we won, we went home, uh, shit. And then we had to be back to the lake at fucking 5.30 in the morning for 6 o'clock news and fucking TV. So, of course, you've got to get up Sparrow's fart early in the morning um, to, be, to be able to like do the media. So that so that's yeah, the thing, right? Yeah. And, and the thing is, you're you're absolutely exhausted. Um, you've you've spent everything. Like it's a full rut, you know. And emotions have just literally gone. You're like, this is four years of fucking work. I'm I'm done. You know, like you're like, yeah, is it just more relief that you got the job oh, done? Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. There's so much relief. You're like, thank God that's over. I'm fucking worked so after this, and the week's been long, and every day's been stressful, and there's just it's waiting. It's just waiting, 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 mm. waiting, and then you're just like, okay, right, it's done. You're out, you're finished, um, and then you get to see your family, and then you go back, you're doing drug tests, you're doing something else, you're hungry because you haven't, you've missed lunch or whatever time you have to race. So I think in London we raced at like 2.30 in the afternoon. So, of course, it just it just winds up on you, and um, you know, and there's all this stuff that goes on. So at the end of it you're like, oh, fuck, we'll just wait till everyone's done. And then you have a few parties. And, yeah, yeah. the Olympic Games is really good. Like first few years, um, you know, when we are in Athens and – and Beijing, there's parties every night, different things like, you know, Sports Illustrated will put one on or Adidas or Nike or someone will put it on and you're just like, let's go. And it'll be at a club <laughs> somewhere. And, of course, you walk in with your accreditation um, and you're just hitting it up and that's it, you know. And so it's great fun. And we're lucky because we're in the first week. So when the first week's finished, we uh, Oh, you just get to enjoy it. Oh, yeah, that's so a dream we, we scenario. Get, we get like 12 days. Yeah. It's like... And like in... in Athens, my first <laughs> in Athens. I what, was what year 20, was Athens? Uh, Two thousand and four. I'm so you were in the like the I'm eights a, or something. We're in the four. Four, yeah. I'm twenty one year old. <laughs> one of the best times of my life. Um, 
it was just like every night there was a party. We just went, like Heineken puts on this massive thing. It was this Heineken house. Some next person would finish. Next team would finish. Or we'd go and watch the hockey that night. We'd go watch this. And then you just go, right, we're going straight to Heineken house. Because, like, there's, what do you, like, you were just, you're there. You've, you've done the job. You've done the job. Yeah. Well, you're finished. Yeah. And you're just like, let's go. Let's enjoy this atmosphere. And you go to the stadium and you'd watch a night session. And then you'd go to this place and there's a party till three in the morning. Boom, you know, and then you'd get up, you'd be, oh, the kayaking's on tomorrow, like fucking Ben Fui at the time was racing. Like, get on the bus at 6.30 and you're like in the back of the bus and, of course, food hall, there's food, so you're getting free Maccas, you've got Cokes in your bag, you're just like lying, you're asleep in the bus and, and then you're asleep in the stand for a bit and then it all starts, you know, and so <laughs> it just, but that's it. Every day was just like party, yeah. watch and support the team, repeat. Party, watch the team, support, repeat. And it got less as I got older. <laughs> Because I was like, I can't handle this. The body is just not that. But I like, yeah. I did twelve days straight. It was just, it was, it was amazing, horrific, but amazing. Like horrific on the body, amazing experience. And I came back from from Athens, and I was like, when does training start? I want to go to Beijing. Uh, yeah, but right, right. Oh, really? It, it so was like just, a, 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 so, addictive. So when you sign up, yeah, for going to the Olympics, you sign up for four years. Four years of opportunity cost. <laughs> Not mm, yeah, opportunity. Yeah. You, you sign up for the next four years. Whatever the hell happens, I want to be in the team, and I don't just want to be a participant. I want to be winning a fucking medal. Because you see what people they're winning medals, and you're like, wow, that's that's your dream. You know, you've got to the Olympics. That's stage one. You know, you've been to you made the New Zealand team. You've made the Olympic team. The the final stages are winning a medal or becoming an Olympic champion. That's yeah, right, that's right. top of the level, right? So you see people winning Olympic medals and they're like, I'm coming back next time so I can win. And you're like, wow. And here's you not even getting a medal going, wow, here we go. Mm. And that's what it's about. And that's high-level sport. And like, if you want to be – you know that you're there. You know that you're in that, that top percentage of trying to get to that point. And you're just like, I've got to do a little bit more work or I have to do a little bit more time or focused or whatever or – change the way that you're doing it so you know we went four in Beijing uh, four in Athens four in Beijing and then Hamish was like let's go in the pair because we need to change something oh so Hamish Bond was in the fours with you as well and he was in the four in Beijing right, right and then um, and then he he called you and said he hey why don't we buddy up and do the pair right right why Why did he why did he pick you and not one of the other guys uh, what, what, what did he like about because you because we had actually trained together in the pair when we were in the four and we had some magic then so every so when we were in the four, you'd split up, and there was there was me and when Hamish, me, James, and Carl. So there was me and Carl on bow side, which is rowing out to the left, and then Bondi and James rowing out to the right. So when when Bondi and Carl rode together, and James and I rode together, it was very even. When Bondi and I rode together, and James and Carl rode together, we'd be hundreds of meters in front mm. of them, like literally, we were killing them. And so when we raced against even the guys, George and Nathan, that got a bronze in Beijing, we fucking nailed them. So hindsight, we should have gone on the pier and yeah, earlier, earlier. But 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 at the time, you're world champions and they're yeah. like silver medalists. So you're like, well, we 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 should we should if we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to win. But we obviously fucking didn't. But, but that was that was the mentality. So yeah, we just we knew we were good. And he went to the he went back training early because I was like, fuck, I'm taking a break because it was like heartbreaking. Going, man, I've been here for eight nine years already and I haven't got nothing. <laughs> So I just need a bit of time. And then, of course, he rang me up in, like, December and said, bro, and I sent, he sent an email. He said, do you want to do, do the pair? And I said to Jackie, can I do the pair? And she's like, well, how are you going to pay the bills? Because there was no funding. Yeah, I didn't right, have any funding. Right. So I'm like, well, 
Okay, so I said, look, I can, I'm going to have to work. So we're either going to have to train real early or else I'll train in the morning I'll, or, and then I'll have to train by myself in the afternoon. We did that and then Dick picked us up. He said, oh, well, I'll coach you guys. And then we raced at Carapira, like one of the races, and we absolutely thumbed it. And it was mm. fast. It was real fast. Is that, sort of, uh, is that the point you realise, oh, shit, we're onto something here? Or was so it even earlier in I training? Think, I, I think I could pick the time. Like, so at the time, the world record was like 6.14. And okay, Carapira has a little bit of flow if the dam's on. But we did a race at like this North Island Champs, and we did like 6.19. So we're only like five seconds off the world record. And the next people behind us were like 6.28, 6.29. So we won by like nearly wow. 10 seconds. And so even then, everyone was like, oh, these guys are fast. And, like, if you're five seconds off on a not even in peak fitness, the water's not that different. <laughs> no, it's not that different. It's still 2,000 metres. You're like, holy shit, here we go. And then basically from there, you know, we were only a second off the world record in the first year that we were together. So we knew we were good. And it just, that was it. That was the, that was the catalyst for, like, the rest of the career. Yeah. Oh, what an amazing career. Like, um, 2012, like, uh, you, you guys shaved, I think this was at the Olympics, right? You guys shaved six seconds off the world record in your, in your heat. That's the funniest story, that one. Is it? That, like, that, is, that is just mind-blowing. So, jump on the water, do the warm-up. It's a good little tailwind, doing some pieces, and Bonnie was like, that's pretty quick, because he's got a little speed coach on his feet, and I can't see it. So he just sets around, and like it's there for speed, like just rhythm and rating. So he could look down and go, you know, you've got a flow and a rhythm, but if you're still rating like forty strokes a minute, you're like, fuck, we need to wind this back a couple because we can't rate forty all the way down. It's just too much on the body. So you, you know, he'll he'll say something and we'll just lengthen it out. We we'll, used to call it stride. So got into the blocks, and I said, like, we haven't raced for like six weeks. Let's just have a good push over the course. We won't take the foot off the pedal. We'll just we're not going to sprint to the line because I, I was like, we should. We'll see what everyone's doing, but we should be able to keep it. So we went past the French bolted out. We went with them. We were in the lead at about seven fifty, half a length of the thousand. And then we just kept the speed going. And we just kept it going, 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 going all the way. And so we finished. And like I've I've watched the race many a times. It's on YouTube. And, <laughs> you just and, sat at home watching it. Having no, a whiskey. But we we finish. We yeah. finished the race and, and you know, and we roll off the end of the finish line. And then I'm like, talk, because they're like, they, they're like, are you going that way to get off the pontoon or are you going to warm down? And I'm like, oh, we'll go this way. So, like, we're not even, we're not even tapped out, right? We're not tapped out. Unbelievable. And so we do this warm down and everyone's like, clapping on the sideline. Like, ah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's good. And I was like, must have been quick. And Hamish was like, oh. And I said, how fast was that? He's like, oh, fuck, I forgot to start the speed coach. So he didn't even get the time. Because <laughs> normally he starts it yeah, and automatically yeah, yeah. picks it up. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Warmed down, went into the pontoon. Like, <laughs> vice president of the IOC, like John Coat, <laughs> president of the World Rowing, and everyone's coming down. Well done, boys. It's amazing. And I'm like, just won the heat. What? And they go, oh, no, no. You fuck, broke the world record by six seconds. I was like, oh. Smash the world record. Shit. Yeah. yeah. And so we had no idea because – by the time we had warmed down and gone, we never saw because like the times don't pop up until everyone's finished. One of the crews had get, literally fucking rode it down because only only the top three go through and there's four crews. So one of them, as soon as they were behind, they just fuck it. We're gonna yeah. battle down because what's the point in wasting your energy when you've got to race like tomorrow to get into the next sure. round? So they were like two, three hundred meters behind. So we had no idea the time until we had warmed down and got off, and then everyone's just like, "Holy shit!" And then of course everyone in the boat park's just like. 
shaking their heads going, how the fuck did you go that hard? Because yeah, I suppose when you think of um, world records being broken in any sport, you think of like tenths of a second or yeah. it's oh, six it's seconds, it's demolishing it. Yeah, and, and like, I knew, I didn't think we were that, like in our, in our training speed, I thought we were good enough to probably, like we, we never went out to break records because you can only do the, every world record in rowing is set in hot water, fast race where it's very competitive and in good tailwind conditions. And it's it's called a world best time. It's not quite a record, but everyone calls it a fucking world record anyway. And so it, it's done like that. And so, of course, um, yeah, we just, we just, it just, it clicked. We were right. And, and in a way, was it the fact that we were just so relaxed and just rowing with the boat that we went that fast? Like if we were in a, in a, in a stress, stressful situation, would we have tightened up? Would it have got a little bit frantic? Would we have actually lost some speed by not being loose and just letting the boat mm. run? So that relaxation really did it. But, yep, it just aligned. Um, weather, peak fitness, boom, and, yeah. And oh, so it was just amazing. My yeah. God. So it was, it was, shit, it was good. And I was just like, maybe it is that fast. One of those things that may stand for years. Well, yeah. It, but it would, yeah. Shit. Yeah, would, oh. would that bother you if it gets beaten? Oh, or no, 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 because like you know, everyone has their mark and, and everyone wants to do it. I'd love to keep it for as long as I can. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you're just a um, you're just a caretaker, right? Yeah, and you it's, set a standard. Yeah, no one, no one's going to hold it forever. But the no. fact that you did it and you did it in such um, I don't know, epic oh. fashion, six seconds. That's yeah. yeah, and so we're just we're caretakers for it. You know, the yeah. crew that before us, and then the crew that did it before them. So everybody knows that there's always going to be a progression, and it's technology, it's fitness, it's human physiology, all the way down the line. It's different water water conditions or whatever, and that's mm. it. Yeah. And what's your relationship with Bondi like now? Are you, are you, are you friends? You text each other? I, I'm guessing after after being in each other's faces every day for like ten say, years. You, what did Bondi send me today? Should we have a look? We could. Hey Bondi, we're just going to pull this up online in front of Dom. <laughs> Uh, oh no, he was asking me about the pool, and he and I. So where does he live? You live in Cambridge. Where does he live? Uh, he was in the Ma- oh, he was in Cambridge. His uh, his wife Lizzie is a surgeon, so she was working at Tarong Hospital, and now she's got her. I think she might be even chief placement, maybe mm. I'm, in Dunedin. So yeah. I think they're going to move back to Dunedin, um, and she's going to be. Surgeon down in, uh, yeah. down in the hospital. I mean, so, the, yeah, you, you, like you guys have got this, this amazing connection or bond or whatever you want to call it that that is there for life. And I'm sure as you get older and you look back, you'll be like, "Fuck, that was the coolest thing so ever." The one thing with Bondi, but and you're I, very different people, though, eh? Oh, hundred percent. Like, like I'd say Bondi and I are very, very good friends. Would you call us mates? Probably not. You're so different. Yeah. So even when we were training, because we were at different, especially in the first part, I was like married to Jackie. He was, was he even dating? Yeah, he was. He was dating Lizzie, um, but that was it, you know. Like, and I think he had only just started seeing her, you know. So completely different. So in the in the social circles, we were sort of more with Jackie's circle and what she was doing with her equine stuff than I was. Like, I'd do a little bit with the Roman, not a lot. Whereas he was still very much, you know, he he was flatting at the time, you know. So you you just socialise with the people that you've got. And then as it progressed through the time, you know, and then and then we got, uh, oh no, we were already married, and then, um, you know, and then we had Zach in twenty eleven. So it just it just changes your social groups, yeah. and so even to a point where I'd be like, oh, you know, sweet, I'll see you this afternoon, and it just we would be the the business relationship, if you want to call it, was was 
epic. It was just 100% trust, get down, talk, 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 blah, 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 like that. And then when we went away, he did his shit, I did my shit. And that's how it worked. I'd never ring him up and go, hey, bro, you want to go get a coffee or should we go to the pub? I suppose when you spend None so much that. time together, you don't need to do that. I th- yes, and I think that's probably what worked. But then in saying that, like when we when we were doing events or anything, we would be like, oh, take a car, you know, jump in the car, you know, do whatever. So there's that very good friendship side of it, like very, very good friendship because what you've achieved together is massive. Um, but is it to a point where you'd be like, oh, bro, I'm stuck with some cash. Can you can you hit me up? You know, you, you know what I mean. Like yeah, as yeah, a mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that side of things. I don't think we're at that level. But friendship wise, trust, everything was was right up there. Yeah. And that's and that's just what probably made us very good because you just didn't have that conflict resolution where shit's going very bad, and you've got to question your mateship, so to speak. You'd be like, fuck, this guy's been a wanker or he's doing this wrong. You know, whatever. We never had to have that. We never yeah, had you to have you that never question. had like a big falling out or anything or a, nah. no, no. Wow, that, that I, is honestly, exceptional. No, and like you know, there was probably things that I pissed Hamish off with. And oh, I reckon he would have been really annoyed with you a lot of it. Uh, yeah, no, no, but there what you know, like in a way, because because that was what used to happen. But we 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 got to know each other so well to a point where you know Hamish was a. Hamish is the guy that goes to bed at, at you know, half past eight, quarter night. You know, nine o'clock, he's, he's like, let's turn the lights out, we're going to bed. And of course, and I'm like, fuck, bro, it's only nine o'clock. You know, like, whatever. You know, and I'm a bit of a night owl. And of course, at the time, I'm FaceTiming Zach back home or I'm just FaceTiming Jackie. So when I saw him getting ready for bed and he's brushing his teeth, I'm like, right, he'd, he'd wear earplugs. So to mitigate it, he'd wear earplugs and eye mask, he'd turn off the lights, and I'd either have the So iPad. you guys were sharing, a, sharing rooms? Yeah. Yeah, when? Bro, when? This is, so you talk, oh, the whole time. Well, not not all the time, but any time at, like at a regatta or something, we'd have the same bedroom. Really? Yeah. Grown ass men. Yeah, because we're on a government funded sport trip right. here, pal. <laughs> right, right, right. So okay, no, if, if government officials are going overseas, they're not no, sharing well, a... No, no, no. Yeah, but this is the thing, bro. This right. is the whole thing about government sport. Everyone thinks we're fucking in these hotels and shit. No way. Like, we're, we're in a hotel, but it's like twin rooms the whole way. Like, even to the point sometimes where Emma would be with, like, say, the woman's coxswain and Mahe would have, like, the men's coxswain or something like that. Like, there'd be a few single rooms, but even some of the coaches were, like, like apart from dickheads, I remember, because um, no one else fucking wanted to stay with them. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was literally that level. And, and yeah. in a way, it's like that's what it, you know, like, I always looked at it as well. So, so, but we always looked at it as well as the fact that this is government funding. It's people, they're paying sport. You know, we're, we're paid by the government. They're the ones pumping the money into it. And yet that money could be used now. I put my hat on with the Autism New Zealand. I'm right, like, fuck, gotcha. you give a million bucks yeah. to us, we could make a fucking lot of difference with that. Whereas you guys had fucking got hotel rooms in Europe. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, so that I, was, I get what you mean. But they don't, they don't get, every time the government spends money on something, everyone's, like there was the, they were going to spend X amount of millions on a, a cycle lane clip-on for the Harbour Bridge. And everyone's like, oh, that's you know, that's money that could be used for, I don't know, insert whatever you want. Yeah, there was, se- there or, was 700 fucking <laughs> Yeah, yeah I know. But it's uh, you can always oh, argue that the mo- yeah. taxpayers' money can be spent better oh, elsewhere. Yeah, but, yeah. It's, I mean, what you guys have done, like, um, it was money well spent. Like, it, oh, it was. Pro- yeah, we, we did it justice. Provided a lot of joy for New Zealanders. We did. Yeah, and, that, and that's it. We did it justice. And, I, and, I, and I'd like to say, I, I haven't really seen any... Anyone in rowing, especially that have just gone, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll just get in the team so I don't have to get a job. I've never seen that, and I think that's a good thing. Anyone that is that is that driven to make an Olympics team, you know, you talked before about sacrifice versus opportunity lost. Anyone that is that driven is could do so well and make so much money in the corporate world. 
Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, so you are financially, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what your situation is at all, but financially you're in a worse position now than if you had a job and worked worked here and put the same yeah, so if you, effort oh, into your job. Yep, yep. And, the, and the thing with sport is it's pretty um, – it's pretty secure, you know, like you, you do well and it's like, here's your money for the next year and you're like, sure, see we go. And then <laughs> if you win the World Championships, you get a two-year exemption. So then yeah. you're like, fuck, next two years, even if we right, have a shit right. year next year, which is good, right? And I think they were even talking about taking it to like an Olympic level where if, if you won an Olympic medal, the next four years you've got secured funding at say 60K for the next four years. So then you could try new shit. You could, you could test the boundaries and if it didn't pay off... Because what happens at the moment is if you, you can go there and, and you can get fourth one year and get, say, 50K, if the next year you get eighth, you go down to 40K. Mm. And it's literally yeah. the next payment that comes out of your, comes out from the government. It's 40K, wow. like, or the, a percentage every bi-weekly payment. So you're like going, holy shit. And that's what it is. That's the reality of Olympic sport. That is brutal. Yep. Brutal. brutal. So um, 69 wins unbeaten. Um, wh- why don't you go for one more race? We actually race together quite a bit at Carapero. If you take all of those into the into the equation, it's ninety eight. Holy shit! Yeah, so that's wow. that's the that's the number of official like you've got to be officially umpired slash official registered races. Blah blah blah. Ninety eight is the number. Do you do you worry that the um, second half of your life is going to be? <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're still in your late thirties now, right? What are you? 39? 38? Yeah, 39. Thirty nine. Thirty nine. Like not, not that you have to top it or anything, but it's like I don't know. There, there's still so much, so much life left to live. But it's like you're too young to well, rest you on your laurels and not. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, but see, that's the thing. Is like right, like sport is finite. Not not all sports, but most sports are finite, right? Rugby, yeah, football, yeah. any, any oh, pretty much yeah. any Olympic sports probably except archery, shooting, <laughs> or maybe equestrian. You know, like this. Yeah, yeah. You can go quite later in life in a few of those, but. Anything else, you're like, you've got a window of opportunity. Yeah, true. And that's, and that's what I say to a lot of the kids and stuff I talk to. I'm like, look, honestly, uh, just go for it. Like, give it a go. And if it, if it pays off, it pays off. It's fun. It's hard, but it's fun. Mm. You know, like, even if you don't achieve what you, you're hoping to achieve, the journey alone, you learn so much from. And you go to some amazing places. Like, shit, we've been to some amazing places in Europe and seen some beautiful sights and and we basically travel the world. Well, I wouldn't say we travel the world for free because you don't get to go out a lot, but you go to some places and then on our Sunday off, you'll be like, fuck, maybe we'll go up Mount Pilatus. Let's get the cable car up. We'll go up the top. And you're like, wow, we're at, or Jungfrau, you know, we're at the top of Europe, you know, and you'll go see different things in Rome or, or in France, or Eiffel Tower, you know. So mm. there's a lot of things you get to do, which other people are like, I'm going to pay it out of my pocket. So you can do certain things, yeah. you know, but at the same time, you're there for that that side of it as well. So, you know, we went to one of the stages of Tour de France, which was just outside of Belgium one time, you know. Mm. Fucking Watson Zoom past it. We're like, is it all, there's like 10 minutes of all this fucking shit comes past, and all this stuff comes past, and then you're like, here comes the race. You're like, you can see the helicopters in the distance. You're like, oh, yeah, where it goes. And then it's <laughs> boom, and it's literally Tour de France, and you're watching yellow juice go past. You're like, oh, shit. It goes firm, you know, and you're just like, man, that was amazing, you know. And then, oh, here comes the last the stragglers and shit like that. 
And then you're like, wow, we just watched Tour de France live. You know, you're like, those are the best guys in the world mm. on the juice. You know, but hey, whatever. <laughs> all of them, yeah, all of them on the juice. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, the Lance Armstrong thing. Like, he's, I, I used to have a bit of cycling. And so when he did the Oprah interview, it was like, well, we all kind of knew anyway. Like, it's the dirtiest sport ever. Oh, everyone, yeah. Everyone's on the juice. The problem that I don't like about it was all the way that he that he dealt with people. Oh, yeah. That, I think that's, that's the thing. He was an asshole. That's, that's and, the thing. Yeah. You know, like, and, and I know he was trying to save his thing, but... At the end of the day, he did a lot of good for the Cancer Trust to live strong, and he did a lot of good for other shit. You know, did he make a lot of money criminally? Yeah, fucking hell, he did. You know, but, you know... Oh, US Postal Service probably did quite well out of it, too. 100%. And yeah. that's why, like, he probably will never go to jail for it, because they like, Yeah, it's, well, all, it's all sorted now, yeah. <laughs> and he, um, how's, how's this? So he, he um, invested in Uber early on, so he's worth, like, $100 million or something. How, how, does, how does he get that much good luck? Ah, it's mad. <laughs> Want 20% discount on the best earplugs for exercise? Ultra earplugs go in your ears and stay in there. Go to ultraaudio.com, that's U-L-T-R-O, and use the discount code DOM20. That'll save you around $35. That's ultraaudio.com, U-L-T-R-O, and the discount code DOM20. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, okay, I, I put on Instagram yesterday that I'm having a chat with you. Any questions? Oh my oh, God, here we go. there were so many. One that came out like five or six times, people ask me if you've ever taken like a, it was like a swan or a goose to a bar. Do you want to see the picture? Yeah, I have, because it's on my Instagram. <laughs> every, every, what was it, a swan or a goose? So it was, it was, uh, <laughs> what are you up to? Lucerne, 2008, we were at the party. Okay, so that Lake, two, Lake so Lucerne. 2008, so this is when you're in yeah. the fours. So this, this is when we're in the fours. Right, so and you you weren't we'd proper had a famous really, then. We had actually had a really shit fucking race. We, we, I don't even think we're in the final. We're in the, oh, we, I don't know if we got fifth or we're in the B final. One or the other. No, we, were, we got fifth. And we were like, fuck, shit. Okay, we're going to have to go away and train pretty hard. And these Canadian guys that I got on really well with, this guy, and we were pretty drunk. At this place called Mr. Pickwick's. Anyone that's been to Lucerne will know Mr. Pickwick's, right on the river. And it's just like, so like you know, it's an Irish bar, but it's like got uh, Australia, New Zealand, Ireland flag, you know, like that. Oh, like an basic, expat bar. Expat bar, yeah, expat yeah. bar. And then one of the boys was like, oh, you want to go catch a swan? And I was like, that's a great <laughs> idea. That's a great idea. Oh, shit. Yeah, I just showed Dom the photo. Oh, my God. So we, we basically jumped in Lake Lucerne, and he went around one side of a boat that was moored, and I went around the other side, and we grabbed the swan. That looks heavy, by the way. It looks heavy. They weigh probably about 25 to 30 kilograms. <laughs> and so we grabbed the swan. How do you grab a swan? Uh, so you, you, we uh, just, aren't they quite vicious? Yeah. So they so that thing was, like, biting us and, and stuff. And, like, we, were, we weren't, like, I was still like, we don't want to hurt it. At the time, I was like, let's not hurt, like, make sure we're not hurting this thing. So we, we dragged it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Each other out. We were in jeans at the time, you know, like Adam Butt in jeans on. So we had wet jeans, but we took our tops off to swim. Stupidly, like we were like, why didn't we take all that girl? But we swam in there, and so then we just walked it back down to the bar, and of course, the bar's overflowing onto the footpath, and so we just walked into the middle of this thing, and people unexpectedly, the swan, you know, like swan's head, were just poking in front of these like girls' face, and they were like squealing and screaming, and everyone was like, holy shit, these guys have caught a swan, and of course, it's right at the start of mobile phone technology cameras, so most people had a digital camera. So they're just like, like you know, whatever, and um, and and of course, so we took it, but then of course the bar lady came out. And she goes, and in her Irish accent, like fucking put that down, you know, like, and, and she's like, put it back in the water, I'll call the police, you know. And so we, so we put it back. So yeah, but it was just like at the spur of the moment thing, and it was just like, wow. <laughs> and so it's one of the very, I think, first pictures on my Instagram at the time, but yeah. Your career's been so good. Stuff like that, stuff like that, you could have got away with then, but you you couldn't, do it couldn't get away no with now way. because of your, no. your status, no. social media, yep. phones, and yeah, yeah, and that's and that's one thing I've seen. Oh yeah, yeah, one that's one thing I've seen on the, in my time is like shit. I remember I remember being in Beijing and a whole we went we all went to the silk markets and bought counterfeit iPhones in two thousand and eight. It was the year they got released, and so we all bought iPhones for like fifty bucks. And we brought them back to New Zealand, and they worked. The only thing that didn't go in them was the GPS. Right, right. So we had iPhones. Were, were, were they counterfeit or were they – Counterfeit, 100%. Or were they, were they legit? They were taken from the factory? Everything or? worked. Right. Everything worked in it, including all the – like at the time there was only about half a dozen apps like notes and yeah, mail yeah. and stuff like that all worked except the GPS. Right. So you couldn't – the Safari worked, everything, but the, 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 the GPS and – it felt a bit heavier and stuff like right. that, and the charge didn't really last, whatever. But it was a full counterfeit, fifty bucks, mm. and so we were buying them, and like we bought them back, and we're like, "Hey, look at my iPhone!" And it cut two thousand eight. Why would you get in trouble for that? I feel like that's no, no, a, we're not getting in yeah, trouble yeah, for it. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like that was like right. the shit that we've done over time, oh, just okay. like yeah. Oh but God. no, I haven't, I haven't done anything. The only, oh, the only questionable one, which which we got a, like in Switzerland, they are not. There is you do not ride a bike without a helmet. Especially when you're been on the booze, <laughs> and Jade, this, my mate of mine, Jade, hey Jade, bro, if you're listening, and um, <laughs> please find you. Or? No, so we, so we were, we finished as I was talking about before about going to these like festivals. We left this festival probably I don't know half past eleven, twelve o'clock, and we were like biking down to the Maccas to have a feed, and um, and <laughs> and of course the cops like, whoop, whoop, you know, and we're like shit, and they pulled us up, and they're like, no. No, like, and we were like, sorry, New Zealand, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, we don't and know. Like, we don't and know. they're like, you do not ride your bikes here without the thing. And they were like, we will take them off you and whatever. And so we're like, shit. So then we had to walk. We walked them down the rest of the way to that. And then we walked them to the outskirts of town until we got to the bike path that we knew we were going to go down by the edge of the lake. <laughs> and then we jumped on them. But, of course, we were biking through town. Like literally, middle of the night without a helmet on, no yeah. lights, no nothing. So, but if we had got pulled up and we were drunk, too drunk, and they'd been like, you're in the back of the car, 
Imagine ringing up management going, hey, Jan, we're in the cop shop. Oh, my God. You know God. what I mean? Like, oh, so, yeah. So that, that's what I mean is, is a lot of time, you know, like we, we've seen it with like rugby players and that, they get too drunk and they have a fight or someone pushes them around at a, at a pub, next minute it's media and like, oh, so-and-so, Dan Carter got kicked out of a pub, whatever it is, that sort of level, but we avoided it. Probably because, we, like, it wasn't bad, but it's still, mm, if someone yeah. finds out about that, they're going to be, that's big news. That's an, yeah, an outcry. What year was it that um, Stephen Fleming and Dion Nash got caught smoking weed? Do you remember oh. that for the Black Caps? It was very early on. Right. It must have been early 2000s. Right. May, do you think part of it is maybe because, like, like sports like cricket and rugby have a, like a higher sort of profile? Oh, but back, and therefore yeah, more oh, scrutiny? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But we never, oh, nah, apart from that, I don't think there's anything, I've never done anything. I've been at a couple, I remember, couple of speeches I've been to, one in Queenstown one time, and this was after London, and it started getting a bit rowdy, and I, you know, you could just sense that these guys were like, you know, can that guy there, and, and you could just sense a little bit of aggression, and I just went, I'm out, I'm off, I'm mm. out of here. Yeah. Because, you know, they, they're the like, room. oh, what, you know, because you, you had, the medals were getting shown, because we had, because it was just after we'd won, and they were with this corporate thing we were doing, and they were showing, they're like, Oh, aren't you going to give them to us to have a look? You know, and then you can just sense the aggression. Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you think you're too good for us? And I'm like, I'm out. I'm, I'm off. I do not. Mm. I don't need this. Like, I don't need a fight to start, anything to happen. And so you just remove yourself from the equation. And that's sort of what I've tried to do from then on. I've only been in trouble once for when I tweeted one time about the election. Oh, that's right. You were like, um, oh, John I, Key's got my vote or something I on the day J- of the... I said JK. Right, right. And, of course... Next minute, I'm getting this phone call from like the Herald going, Oh, just blah, blah, blah. You know, you've just broken an election. Fuck off, I have. And they're like, Yep, you, you just said go and vote for National. And I was like, No, I didn't. I said, JK, you got my vote. And they're like, You're not even allowed to say that. And, yeah, and of course, yeah, you yeah. weren't. Yeah. But it was that, it was that, when was that? Was that 20, when was it? 2010, 20, whatever it was. Right, right. And of course, they had no idea about social media in the election. And on the election day, can't say shit, blah, 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 blah. So there's a few of us that got pinned up and, and, made a part of in the media and I was actually quite afraid because Were you they, actually? Well because they were like talking about election fraud right? And, they, and, and of course at the time oh, They're never going to uphold it though are they? No but they weren't yeah. going to but of course I, I Did had, you think I, they might make an example no, of it? No but I had a phone call from like the board of New Zealand and right. stuff saying hey we just we've just read this about that you know this is could be quite serious and you're like fuck <laughs> and, they, and so you literally sit there going Shit. Like when you have your CEO or your board like say, look, we will if anything comes of this, we'll have to deal with it. And you're like you're sitting at home going, Is this gonna happen? Is something mm. you know, and so I was a little bit for a while and then of course nothing. Yeah. But it wasn't like someone rang you up and said, Oh, hey, we're not even gonna do about anything about it. But in the article it said that the police had been informed and they would be following up. So I'm like going, oh shit. Just waiting for that knock on the door. But of course then you go on social media and of course you look at everyone's like, you know, you at the time I think you could just search like what it like words. And there's thousands of people going, Go vote for Labour, vote national you know, like whatever it was or the opposite. And so I'm like, well, if they make an example of me, you can't not do that with those people. Yeah, and I suppose they'd argue that you're like a person of influence. But I was like, at the time, I was like, oh, I've only got 10,000 Twitter followers. So it's not like, and you could have someone with 500 friends. So... Mm. Yeah, and right, half so, of mine so, might be international. So you're gonna are you gonna break it down? It's a very yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it's gray, gray area, hard to enforce. I'm sure some other people did as well, like Israel oh, Dag or yeah, he did, yeah, oh, and, um, Dag, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was like Jonah at the time and a few other people, but they just made made a story. You know, someone yeah, some just a media some, some journalist had to make a story. Yeah. You know? 
Imagine that, doing journalism for three years just so you can scroll Instagram and <laughs> try and call people out. They're still, uh, they're still there, eh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. They've got like a whole team of people that just absolutely. like... Absolutely. And they'll screen cap it, so it doesn't matter if you delete it, if it's uh, up there for more than a couple of minutes. I have been... I will, I'm not going to lie. I have been very good. There's been... Even in the last year or two, I have been so close to just be like commenting on some dumbass's thing about not like getting vaccinated i'm like you mother you know like mm. i'm like you're a don't bite you know, don't and bite. i'm like don't don't say it. don't comment don't comment shut your mouth <laughs> come like, on here do do what your granddad always said eh? you just said keep your mouth shut you know like i'm yeah. like okay keep it shut keep it shut and i've i've been very good even though yeah. sometimes you are just like I want to jump yeah. on the bandwagon with everyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so some more questions. Um, these were from Instagram. Uh, the handlebar moustache, is it ever going to return? Uh, I'm liking the beard at the moment. Yeah, the beard could, looks good on you. I could pull the handlebar back at some stage. Yeah. Maybe maybe if I make the final of dancing, eh? We'll see if I can do Oh, that. is that right? Is that a, a promise? Dirty, oh, well, yeah, it's not yeah, a promise, how, but... <laughs> how how are you feeling about the dancing? Because you you have said you've got two left feet. So far, according to Lauren, we're doing very, very well. Right, right. She's like, you've got these routines. We've already learnt two full routines. I, I, I've been asked to do it before, but I, I'd struggle to remember. Oh, uh, yeah, you, a little bit. It hard to look, because it's like a two-minute dance. But it's, it's, it's just fast. Right. You know, and then you forget something or you fuck something up, and then you're like... You, f- you remember that rather than thinking about what's in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you're not the right way and you're like, oh, this is shit. And so mm. then you, in practice you can stop, but in train in full thing you're just going to have to go for it. So, mm. no, I'm feeling – I think it'll be all right. It's a popularity contest at the end of the day. Yeah. So the people that are going to win are the ones that are going to get all the votes. So I'll just see mm. if I've got enough supporters that'll be like, yeah, Eric, we want to see you dance. Oh, well, I, I wouldn't put it past you. I mean, um, it seems like everything you do is quite methodical, like whether it's the rowing, whether it's like Celebrity Treasure Island, whether it's the boxing. So I'll give I it a good will. I, 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 I am literally, we're, we are training full time. Like yeah. How many hours? We did about 25 to 30 last week. Right. And. Yeah, so we are trying to do as much as we can. Because when you when you sign up, what do they what do they tell you the commitment is? How many hours? About Sixteen a week? hours. A Sixteen week. hours. It's about three hours a day, sort of three to four hours a day, sort of four or five yeah. days a week. So I had um, Dave Latelli on the podcast a few weeks yep. ago, the, the, the brown butter bean, and um, he said, "Yeah, they said I'd, I'd have to do this many hours." And I just started laughing at him. I was like, oh, "Bro, I was married to JJ when she was on it. I was working with Randall when he was on it. The, the amount of hours they do, if you want to, if you want to do well, it is mind. It's a full time job." Yeah, it's just repetition. Mm. It's like you've just got to get something right. You know, it's like you're going left, right, twirl, down the line, left, right, grapevine, front, back, that while holding a pose with your head out to the left, doing this, swinging your arm to the right on this fucking step, you're like, holy shit. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It is literally, when you watch people do ballroom and they throw out, twist, come back, dip, that, that, you've just got to remember not only like the moves, the direction, the that, the body, the swirl, fuck, you're like, holy shit, here we go. So it's just... You just got to find a way to be able to do it, and like, see, rowing was easy because we just did the same stroke every fucking time and tried to perfect mm. it. Whereas this is like, you've got to do a whole different sequence of steps, and then next one, next one, next one, next one for, I think, about a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah. And you're of like, holy shit, it's a minute and a half. Mm. You know, like I think it is a minute and a half to two minutes of stuff, and you're like, wow, okay. <laughs> I think the, I think the key is to like start shit and progress from there. Like if you look at Simon oh, Barnett who won it, I'll see if I finish it. <laughs> More questions. What's an ERG? Is that like a rowing machine? An erg. 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 What's yeah. an erg? Rowing machine. Okay. It's, well, it's 
It's called an ergometer because it's a measure of power. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Someone asked, um, did you listen to music? Do you listen to music when you're on the yeah. erg? Yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, when you're in the, the rowing machine in the gym. And yeah. Like, because you just got to sit on there for like half an hour. It's like on a treadmill. Like, would you just run there with nothing on? No, it's boring as yeah. It's so, tedious. but if you if you can listen to something, yeah. you're like, oh, and next minute you're like, fuck, it's been forty minutes. Yeah, yeah. It, but in rowing, you've just got to sit on the rowing machine because the only way to get better at rowing is to row. Yeah. But if you can't get on the water, you sit on a rowing machine. Yeah, and so that's basically any rower would do that. So we right. yeah we listen to music or we'd watch like I'd watch videos or whatever and just pass the time. Yeah. Uh, when did you start rowing? Uh, school, high school. Right. I always I love it. Go to you go to schools and they'll be like, Oh, we need our kids to go to school. Uh we need, we need to get into rowing. I just go like it's heaps of hot boys, heaps yeah. of hot girls, whatever way you go, um, and you get fucking heaps of time off school. And you tell kids that you go, look, you got Mighty Cup, it's a week and a half. That's yeah, a big deal, you right? North Island, you get half a week, there's these regattas, they might let you go on a Thursday night, so you can do half down Thursday. So you just tell kids what they want to hear. And you go, you'll get fit. And as I say, there's hot jacks, hot boys, whatever way you go, whatever, and, and you'll be like, you'll really enjoy it. It's <laughs> racing. Yeah, but but of course, and they'll be like, oh, wow. And then you go, look, and you go to regattas and you might win something, you might win a race, or who cares? You win it, you get in B final, you get t shirts, you do this. And of course, you just have a great time. And next minute, they're like, signed up. It's like you're an accidental athlete, eh? You're just like looking for that loophole. The, the, literally, the reason, the reason I started rowing was to get time off school. I shit you not. I, I just want time off school. Uh, worked out pretty good. Uh, someone asked, if not Hamish, then who else? Uh, I don't think I would have been as successful without Hamish. Yeah. There's no way. And vice versa, for sure. Yeah, Hamish always said that he didn't think two Hamish Bonds would go as well as Hamish and Eric. Right. I still don't. What does that mean? Well, if he if he doubled himself, right? Okay, gotcha. So if, yeah. if he was able to duplicate himself yeah. and go, he was like, "Nah, it's not going to go as well as me and him." Why? Why did he say that? I don't because I think they would have just been like too clashy with their pessimism. Yeah. Whereas he, <laughs> no, no, because yeah. he was he like Hamish would go, "Oh fuck, this could go wrong, or that could go wrong," and of course. I was like, nah, it should be right, bro. Let's just give it a whirl, you know. Like, and and I was I was the leveler to his like anxiety of yeah. like, shit. This is gonna whatever, and I'd be like, don't worry about it. And then and then of course, if he was feeling like if he was like stressed or he's like fuck, I'm having a bad day. Even if I was having a bad day, I'd be like, that's all right, bro. Let's just get this. Let's get up to here. Let's focus on this part. We'll stop here. I'll be like, like have a quick drink. Let's regather, you know, and so whatever. So, but of course, if he was there, they'd be like, fuck, we can't stop. It's, you know, like would have been too much together. Mm. So. I don't think, even at the time, there was a couple of guys good enough around, but I just don't think anybody. Yeah, Hamish was a freak, and and, and to be and, fair, and like, you I, were too. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was good, but not to his freakish level. Right. He is literally a specimen. Where you go, his power to weight. You know, he was ninety kilograms, basically doing the same sort of power I could do. So he's free in the world. He was probably almost number one in rowing on power to weight ratio. All this stuff. Okay, well that might negate this next question. Is it true that you rode in the erg before each race to prevent yourself from overpowering Hamish? <laughs> All the time. Uh, <laughs> so no. that's basically saying you had to burn off some gas. No, so so the, the way. So the way. There's the secrets. The way that we worked is that I could overpower Hamish if I wanted to. But in the first part of the race, I would temper my ability to make sure our boat went straight. Because if your boat's, like, if I, because I've got leverage on him, if I put the power on, the boat actually tilts sideways and basically crabs into the water and right. it will slow down, right? It's going sideways rather than it going straight. So in the first, say, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 
if I just made sure I applied my power properly, then we'd go straight. And then by the time we were in the middle of the, the race, I was trying to keep up with Hamish. Right, right. That's his physiology. Okay, gotcha. I, I was like, I'm on the red line and he's on the red line and we're going straight, which it shouldn't do because he's a physical specimen. Wow. If he was in the bow, I still reckon I'd be. we would have struggled. I'd be like, fuck, I can't hold you. But then in outright power, if we were doing sprints, we could I could pull him sideways fucking all day of the week. Mm. But that's not productive in the boat. Yeah. So, yeah, so just keeping it steady was the way. Yeah. Um, someone asked a question. Well, I, I think there was a lot of questions from, like, hardcore rowers that wanted to know stuff. What was your hardest training session ever? Is there one that stands out? Uh, a particular 30, one? Or? 38 500-meter pieces. What, back to 38. Back. So you do 500 okay. meters as, as hard as you go. So quarter distance, as hard as Fuck. you go. And then turn around, back on. So this was a dick special. Dick <laughs> that sounds special. terrible, is, by the this way. This is a special dick. Um, <laughs> dick special. Uh, no communication. Didn't tell us what we are doing in Belgium. We knew we were By, by the way, can I, can I say Flo, from a, a running perspective, so my, my coach... Um, if you at, just turned up and, he, and you, you're just like, this is what you're doing today, and he'd tell you, like, as you had your shoes on, you'd just warmed up, and you'd be like, fuck. So you don't know if he goes, yeah. oh, you're going to run 50K today. You'd be like, oh, hang on, I don't have enough gels, I don't have enough water. Y- yeah, Where yeah, am yeah. I turning around? I haven't taken a shit. You know, like, whatever. You, you'd be like, whoa, and that was dick. So we had to be prepared for anything. So I, used to carry, so I used to carry two and a half litres of water in behind the boat. I had this little compartment at the back, and then Hamish and I used to share that if we had massive rows. He sounds terrifying. Yep. Did you did you piss in the boat? No, you just put your leg out and you piss right, out. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, but that was at 38, 500 metre pieces was... And we didn't know. We, we got... How slow was the last one? Oh, Number 38. The last, the last, like, 15. Right. Like, treading in fucking cement. They were horrific. They were so slow. And we had, like, the girls called crying. Mahe was, like, half slide trying to row. Emma, I think, had qu- like, I don't know if she'd quit, but she just wasn't even trying. Like, she was just off her feet. And she, she's, a, she's a hard chick. Yeah. And, like, we, it was... That's, pro- that's number one. There's nothing. Mm. And, like, when people find out about it and they're like, fuck off, you're like... Because most people do probably eight or ten. Mm. So we did like four times the amount at full, at full speed. There's no, it was from go, bang, 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 as hard as you can go. Because he's keeping time. So he can see how, yeah. That's Horrific. Un- three and a half hours. Three and a half hours on the water. Do you, um, oh, oh my God. How do you how do you feel about him now? Like, are you, are you angry? Nah. Do you look back with like rose-tinted glasses and think, nah, well. I, I just, like at the top, like, nah, because you just, I don't know. I've just got a good perspective on it that like he was doing it to get us good. So you think he's got a good heart and it came from a good place? Or he's trying he because if we, if we if we win he looks good. Yeah. Any coach, right? Any coach, any coach that does something, they're not. And I always tell people, I'm like, if your coach tells you to do something, fucking do it. Mm. They're not telling you to do something for shits and giggles. Yeah. They are wanting you to be better. They're wanting you to win because if you win, they look good. You look good. They look good. They're not going to waste their time or your time by just going, oh, I'm not going to worry about them because they're going to look like shit. Because if you get last, they'll be like, why would someone hire Joe, Joe Bloggs, to be a coach when his fucking crews keep getting mm. last? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So Dick was just, he wanted us to win. And that was just his way of like, I think by doing this philosophy of training them like a fucking like racehorse, flogging them like a dead racehorse, <laughs> they're going to win. And that was his philosophy. And guess what? Rob... Twins, twins, Mahe, us, Mahe. How many else do you want to oh, count up? My, it's how it's many exceptional. World, how many, like, about f- 25 world champions? Yeah, it's incredible. So you go, he is, he is, 
He is literally New Zealand's mm. best coach. He beats Arthur Lydiard hands down. Who else has got the same record that he does? Gordon Walker's starting to get up there with like Lisa and a few of the girls. Right, right. But Dick is number one in mm. all Olympic sports in New Zealand. He is at the top. Yeah. Even though he's terrible with a lot of other things, <laughs> so his coaching record alone is second to none. So if you, if, you, if you went to a function today and he was there, like. Oh, it's a hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably. Oh, there you go. I don't, well, I don't know. Like, do you have like any sort of PTSD, or do any of the others have? No, you well, I think a few yeah. people do. Yeah. So one of the girls, this girl Fiona Burke, she's come back to be uh, like an athlete, like a holistic coaching thing. And I'm like, because she would have, mm. I think she struggled with Dick. Yeah. And now she's come back to be like, we should do it a way different way than what we did with him, because <laughs> like she had some horrific times. And like as you as you do, right? Yeah. There's some people that go, I absolutely hated my time with thing. She did very well. They won a world championship title and, and a few other things, but then she blew out before the yeah, blah blah blah. But yeah, coming back, I think if you can learn from some people's mistakes and make it better, obviously it's worth yeah, it's it. yeah, it's a, a tweaking thing, isn't it? Yeah. So take take the good, throw out the bad. Take the good, throw yeah. out the bad. Um, how do you control pre race nerves and anxiety? It's always there. Deal with it and yeah. find a way. Just. It's always going to be there. So the more you understand it, the better you'll get at just being like, I feel like I'm going to wee myself or I feel like I'm shaking, whatever. Yeah. It's always going to be there. So just know that when it's there, it means a lot and when, yeah. and, and just find a way and find everyone's going to be different. So you just deal with yourself and let everybody worry about themselves. Right. Do you remember signing my breast at a regatta? <laughs> Oh, where's that? Hey. <laughs> that was a question. Um, <laughs> maybe. maybe. Um, someone, someone said, um, how, how did you get through the why days? I suppose the days where you wake oh, up yeah. in the morning and... Why? Why am I doing this? Uh, it's a... You, you've got to... You've got to remember that it's a long... It's long. Like it's... You're... <laughs> you're waking up. You can't... You know, like for us, as I said before, it's a four-year campaign. I never woke up and went, Yes! It's not. It's it's nine hundred and twenty-one days to the Olympics. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that there's a process, and and some days you're just like, fuck, I don't want to be here. Blah blah blah. But you're not going to feel like that all the time. And and the the one thing that you learn over time is that there's periods where you just wear the shit out of yourself, and then the coach will be like, oh, we're having a light week, and you'll be like, oh, you beauty, you know, and, and you get a quarter of the K's pulled back. You know, twenty k rows turn into sixteens. You know, twelve. <laughs> you know, still you know long, I know yeah. it's still a lot, but but as a, as a like us, you know, it's like yeah. if your coach said to you, "Oh, you're not going to run ten k's every day. You're only going to do six, You'd be like, "Oh, easy." Yeah. 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 And then and then of course by the end and then on the on the Saturday he goes right. We're going to do like a five k as fast as you can. Yeah. And you'll just be like, "Boof!" And mm. then like, "Yeah, you mm. beauty." And it goes real fresh because you're fresh. And so that's what happens is that you go in cycles and you just realize that at one point in time. The reason that they push you right down is to basically wear you as far down as you can, mm. so that then you go up, build you up again. Yeah. And so you're gonna you're gonna find that, and you might find it multiple times, but that's it. So yeah. just realize that it's a it's a long game. Yeah, it's a long game. If you feel like that, like a week out from a race, you might have overtrained, or you could be sick, or whatever. But if it's in a training block. That's how you should feel. Mm. You shouldn't feel fresh every day. It sounds like you guys overtrain, but you always seem to get it right. Yeah, but that's what peaking's about, mm. and and you've got to trust. Like everyone knows what peaking's about. You know, you freshen up, you do less Ks, you stuff your legs, yeah. boom, where you like go. a taper period. Yeah. Um, greatest achievement outside of rowing. 
Ah, oh, greatest achievement. Holy shit. Um, That's a good oh, question, Zach. isn't it? Zach. Of course it's Zach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, let's do a greatest achievement. <laughs> shit, I don't know. Um, Jesus, what have I done? Uh, I'm down on a two handicap in golf. That's a good achievement. That is a low handicap. Yeah, that's actually, a, it probably has something to do with your son, though. Like, um, dealing with a kid that has um, yeah, extra greatest needs. achievement. I don't know. I it's, think that's something to be proud one. of. Yeah. If not rowing, what? Uh, I wish I wish I'd been a golfer. <laughs> I'm obsessed with golf, eh? <laughs> if you're on a two handicap, you must be. I'm obsessed. That's... I love it. It's such a fucking cool game. I played it as a kid, and it, because it's just like coming from being a professional athlete, like you know, knowing and, and everything. Golf is just it's inches, it's millimeters, it's fucking tiny, you know. And like you got, oh, mate, we. <laughs> Don't get me started. Oh but, God, yeah, you're a no, golf tragic. I am a golf tragic now. I'm not going to lie. Um, what's your What's your strength? Is it like you, you drive? Like have you got a big nah, powerful drive? Nah, nah, or? Just trying to no statistics. Right. If you get it in the fairway, you're probably going to get it on the. Well, you've got a better chance. You've got a statistically better chance of getting it on the green. In regulation. In regulation, yeah, and yeah. then you get it on the green, and then you try and close the distance down. Because if you've got a 20 foot putt, you're fucking not going to make it. Yeah. You've got an eight foot putt. You've got a. 70% chance of getting in the hole. And then inside oh. six feet, you've got a, you've got a, you've got an 80%, you know, oh like. Oh my God, you're so annoying. <laughs> like, oh, I know. Can you, oh, no. you must drive yourself crazy. Like, you can't, you can't do anything for fun. Golf's supposed no, to be. No, 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 but I, but, but if I, if I miss one of those things, I'm like, oh well, I missed it. Right, Whatever. Right. So I'm so still, you're not throwing your clubs No, or? no, I'm st- my mates throw my clubs. Fuck it, funny, Jason, <laughs> Jamie, and they just throw clubs. They're like, oh, fuck, fuck, muppet, and I'm like, come on, boys. If you even if you just like learn how to play it, because most people are going to learn at some stage. You'll go to a driving range for a stag do or whatever it is. You just hit that one ball. Where you're like, yeah, holy fuck, here we go. And then of course, when you're on the golf course, a lot of golf courses like take a few beers in the bag. Just go play nine holes, sit at the bar afterwards. <laughs> but it's the social side of it yeah, as well, yeah. which I think is that. And, and there's some people that are like, I'm not into super fitness, like cardio or lifting weights or whatever, but you can swing a golf club and just walk around, have a good time. Yeah. And a lot of women. Yeah, yeah I play with a lot of women that like, old women that just love playing their golf. It's great. Uh, what I'd give to play off the ladies' tees. Oh, yeah. And that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Someone said, "What what made your peer so good? You and yeah, why? How how were you so? Oh, was it training? No, it was me. <laughs> well, it was all me. Yeah, no, was it was it training? Or was it just the perfect mix uh, of uh, personalities? Yeah. Is that the right? To, yeah, yeah. Uh, training the the difference between the differences of ourselves. So what Hamish bought and what I bought, um, but yeah, a lot of it was just the training of wanting to be the best. You just had Hamish who was just like." Fuck! If he even if he lost a training, he'd be pissed off. And so mm. you just got this super competitive guy that's just trying to be out, but like just beat everybody. And then I wanted to win. I probably wasn't that pedantic about like if I lost a couple of races, like and or even trainings, I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah, Hamish would just be like, "Nah, I'm fucking, I'm going to be number one all the time." So the differences of ourselves made it good, and we just. Managed to make a combination that will literally stand the test of time. Yeah, absolutely iconic, mm. iconic duo. Yeah, like like yep. Savage Garden or Simon oh, and yeah, Garfunkel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, honestly, Torval and Dean. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's absolutely outstanding. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> um, I think that'll do it. But I don't know. We've got through a six pack and um, a bottle of rosé, which you brought around. 
It's been good. Hey, um, good luck for Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I'm really excited, excited to see how you go because I, I don't know. It seems like you you are unable to do anything without overthinking it and <laughs> working oh. working out how to how to crack the code. You know what I mean? I think to be fair with this, I think cracking the code is just getting the votes. <laughs> uh, to be fair, oh yeah, you got You got to look pretty good, but. I'm just going to try and do the best that I can, and it's something like honestly, this is this is something I've never done, you know. And so, in a way, you kill so many birds with one stone. Mm. Where, you, where you're trying to, you're doing something you've never done before. You're pushing your comfort zone. It's a challenge. You're doing it for charity. Um, if I can make some profile, if I can get some cash off the side of it, it's great. You know what I mean? So there's oh, for you personally or for the charity? Oh, both. The, oh, no, but the, the, the money, oh, the oh, maybe it's changed, well. but when Randall was doing it a couple of years ago and then JJ yeah. a couple of years before that, it's a pretty shit hourly rate. It's oh, not a great yeah, payment. Yeah, but yeah, and that's the thing. is It's like you're taking time out of your own schedule yeah, and, yeah. and you're sort of just replacing your schedule with this. And, and that's what it is for me, but if it can create more than that... Yeah, uh, you've got to. Like, I just feel like I got to do it, and and that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. You know, because I got Zaki Boy, you know, and and the autism side of things. So if I can create more awareness mm. and and it helps change not only him but other people on the autistic spectrum and the government level, if I can get up to that level, you're making a difference. Yeah, and at the end of 100%. the day, they're just trying to do that. And it must be nice for you to do this at um, the age that he's at now, because I'm guessing uh, for a lot of your rowing achievements, he was probably sort of too young to appreciate yeah. what was... Yeah, yeah, no, he was. He was... Um, uh, I finished Rio, and he was... He'd just turned five. Right. Oh, this is devastating. So you were the best in the world, and <laughs> he's too young yeah. to remember. Now you're going to be a goose yeah, on and then TV. He just, and, and he just... And he just plays... <laughs> he used to play with the gold medals and, like, throw them in his toy box, and it was one time the media... Came, they came around to do, like, an interview or something, and I said to Jackie, what's the medals? And she's like, what do you mean they're on the thing over there? And I'm like, no, they're not. She's like, what? Fuck. <laughs> and I knew that he used to take them down and he like used to put, like he'd have them in his room or something and he'd fucking throw them in the toy box with all his toys. And I was like, oh, okay, they're there. <laughs> and they said so they've got a few big dings and shit on them, but hey, who cares? Yeah, they've, 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 um, yeah, for sharing. <laughs> I, I, had, um, I had Hayden Wilde on the, the podcast. He got yeah, a bronze medal in the triathlon great. at the Olympics last year. He said if you lose it or it gets stolen, they can't be replaced. Nah, nah, Do, that's it. But do, they, do they, so, so they make they make like say say there's say there's three hundred gold medals given away, which is like teams events, blah 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 blah. They make like three hundred and fifty, and the other fifty go to like museums and sporting hall of fame places okay. and all this sort of stuff. So if you do it, you'd have to go and like insurance doesn't even cover it. Mm. I think in the right situation because they'd have to take the mold and then re smelt a one. Right. So a you'd one have off. to go to like yeah, so yeah. one off. So it's like. Firing up something to do the, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah, sure it's not just one pattern in the mold because they're not just going to make one pattern and repeat it 300 times. Yeah, yeah. They're going to make one that does 50 and do it five times. Yeah, sure. So you know what I mean. Oh, he's, he's even put thought into this how they make the medals. Um, yeah, because I have well a couple of <laughs> times. Few people, a lot of people ask that same question. They're like, "Well, what if you lost it?" And because they're like trying to be smart ass, going, "Oh, yeah, what if we stole it off you?" I'll be like, "Oh." But do the, yeah, do the medals that themselves? I mean, you, you're you're on the internet forever. Like it's you, it's a tangible reward, and yeah, like as I say, like the at, at, like now the medals just sort of fucking home. Mm. What are they doing? They fuck, I had to dust them off the other day. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And so like, and then some people put them in cases. So yeah, the the medals are tangible reward, but you'll never lose the status of being an Olympic champion. Yeah, simple as that. 
Yeah. Well, I, I've, um, I've, I've had an interview with um, Barry McGee, who won a bronze medal in the um, mm. 1960 yeah. Rome Olympic Marathon. and he, uh, he, So he's in his late 80s now, and he's still got his framed hanging up on the wall, yeah. along with his um, Olympic participation certificate. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I've got all that. A lot of it's just sitting in the box. But um, that's it. Like, whether you're going to put it on the wall, I don't... I don't know. It's just like because sometimes people want to touch it or they want to, mm. you know, whatever. And so you're like, well, do I put it in a case? Do I put it here? And you're just like, no, whatever. And I think a lot of it's just so different with everyone. Yeah, maybe if you don't, it'll have a life of its own, and as you get older, you know, they'll they'll mean more to you. Is but it? at the moment, it's like, man. Yeah, and if I ever get broke, I'll just chuck it on trade. <laughs> Cash converters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, Eric Murray, bloody wonderful to sit down with you. Thank you for being so generous with your time. You're um you you don't fit the mold of uh like an elite sports person and I, I love that about you. Hey, look, I'm honestly this is just the person I am, eh? And it's oh, I love like, it. The yeah, authenticity yeah, is it's it gold. Is. It, and I think that's a great part about it is I've never tried to change to do what I like. You know, I, I've probably got a I do have a business side to me when I need to be like a little bit more uh, clean cut, I guess. Um, but other than that, I'm just like. Genuine Kiwi, just genuine Kiwi bloke. Yeah. Like, love a beer, love having fun, fart in public, just have a laugh. You know what I mean? Just that type of person. Yeah. Um, and that's all I've ever been. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Don't go changing. Okay, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, mate. Thanks, team. Thank you very much for joining us. That's Runners Only with Dom Harvey, episode 16, part two of our chat with Eric Murray, who is currently on Dancing with the Stars in New Zealand. And you can keep him in. Text Eric to 3333 for a 99-cent text, and that money goes to Autism New Zealand. Big thanks again to the sponsors of this episode, the Huawei Watch GT Runner. It's an amazing watch. Google it online, do your research before you buy something, but if you want to buy it, you can get it at PB Tech, Noel Lemming, and JB Hi-Fi. I've always worn garments, but since I got sent the Huawei Watch GT Runner, it's changed my life completely. It's got a built-in coach, so you get suggestions on training intensity, training volume, recovery time, and heaps more, all from a single run. It's also got a thing called the Running Ability Index to help you accurately assess current running ability and how it compares to your goals and where you want to be. So whether you're starting out at ground zero or you're already a serious runner, please consider this next time you're getting into the gadgets, the Huawei Watch GT Runner. Again, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. See you next week. Want 20% discount on the best earplugs for exercise? Ultra earplugs go in your ears and stay in there. Go to ultraaudio.com, that's U-L-T-R-O, and use the discount code DOM20. That'll save you around $35. That's ultraaudio.com, U-L-T-R-O, and the discount code DOM20. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.